Hello, and welcome back to Grim and Whim. On today's episode, we will be looking at four ghostly tales from the Ghost Stories subreddit. And without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into the first story. Our first story is entitled, I lived in a haunted historic home for only a year. It was bad. So this was when I was about 16 years old. My family and I moved into a registered historic home that was about 240 years old. It was dated around when our town was founded. When you first walk into the house, you felt it. It was like an ominous cloud that hung over everything. The first experience I ever had was in the parlor that used to hold wakes in it. I was sitting at the computer. We converted it into an office and I kept hearing loud noises directly above me. The room above me was my bedroom. I was the only one home. I looked around to make sure the dogs were with me and they weren't tearing everything apart. I initially ignored it and it subsided. After about an hour, it started up again with more violence. It sounded like someone had moved my entire wardrobe across the bedroom floor. I ran up the staircase, but by the time I got to the second landing, the sound stopped. I barged into my room and it was completely silent and no furniture had been moved. The second event was a lot more terrifying. It was about 3 a.m. I woke up to the sound of grown men arguing outside of my bedroom door. The catch? The only male that lived with us was my 14-year-old brother. I jumped out of my bed and flung the door open to catch it. Nothing. I got back in bed after I stupidly locked the door as if it would stop anything. It started again. This time I went to my grandmother's and brother's separate rooms. They were both asleep and all the TVs were off. The third event is where we decided to move. My brother was taking a shower upstairs. While he showered, a clear, perfect imprint of another set of feet appeared in front of him. Small things had happened in between those events, but these were the ones that really stood out to me the most. Our next story is titled, The House That Freaked Out the Builders and Landscapers. Hoath is a little village near Canterbury and Sturry, out on the old marshes that were once the Wansom Channel. A few years ago in 2014, my landscaping company were called to a job in a beautiful house there. The house was a converted barn and had been bought by the new owners who wanted some work to be done there before moving in, as is often the case. So the first step was to visit the property and take a look to come up with a price for the job. There was a great deal of land surrounding the property with extensive gardens and had fallen into a bit of a state of disrepair. After visiting the property, 
I returned, saying that the place gave me the creeps, and that although it was empty and isolated and several hundred yards from the next dwelling, it felt like I was being watched. Obviously, everyone laughed at me. I priced the job, which was a big one and would need us to be on the site for about five days. And I forgot about the whole thing. As it turned out, we were given the contract for the garden clearance and various tree works, and we booked in for a few weeks' time. When we arrived on the site, there was a crew of builders who were there already. They were working on the inside of the house. They were living there for a couple of weeks while they carried out the renovations. When we arrived, we said our hellos, and John asked what they thought of the house. The reply was, it's a lovely place, but it's haunted too. We laughed and asked why they thought that, and they told us that all night they could hear banging coming from empty rooms, their tools were being moved around, they heard whispering, and one had even received a phone call from a distant voice that couldn't be understood from the number 000000000. He showed us the call record on his phone to prove it. Interested, but still not entirely convinced, we got on with our work. Joe told us that the back garden gave him the willies, but apart from that, day one was uneventful. On day two, it was quiet in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I went inside for a coffee. While I was there, there was knocking sounds coming from one of the back rooms. Nobody was in there, but it could well have been that someone in one of the garden areas was knocking against the wooden walls from outside while doing some job or another. But then there was a sound like wallpaper being unrolled or a poster falling off of the wall, something like that. It came from the hall. Then out of the hall, a shadow shot through the kitchen and out of the front door. I was alone in the house at the time, and after looking at every angle, the only way the shadow could have been cast was by the kitchen lights in the middle of the room. But there was nothing to cast it. I was starting to become a believer. On day three, Paul, one of the builders, was having an argument with someone on the phone. When he hung up, he said, I can't believe that. The driver from the skip company says he won't come here to pick us up unless we can promise that there's someone on site to meet him because he reckons he saw something here when he dropped the skip off before we got here and that it's definitely haunted. When he did arrive, he said that when he dropped the skip off for the first time, he knew the place was empty, but he saw someone moving around in there. And while he was unloading the skip, the radio in his lorry came on, loud with a lot of static. Day four was quiet, apart from the knocking and banging, which we had all gotten used to by then, even though it was louder than before. On day five, a guy turned up to put in a new TV aerial, and that involved some wiring being fitted in the back room where most of the noises came from. A few hours in, 
he was having a coffee with everyone else in the kitchen and said that he'd be glad when he was done because that room was creeping him out. He said that he was sure that he kept hearing someone walking around in there, but there was nobody inside the house, let alone that room. The final thing that happened while we were working there was that another contractor turned up to do some light fittings and he parked outside the house. While he was in there, his van radio came on really loud with a lot of static. And just like the skip driver had said, happened, happened to him when he was in there. A few weeks after we'd been there, the new owners had moved in and John and I went over to visit them and settle up the bill one evening after work. John was curious and asked the owner if he was enjoying living there. He obviously read between the lines a bit, and maybe he'd already been asked about the place by one of the other contractors, and he responded by saying, It's a beautiful house, but I must say, it takes on a completely different feeling at night. It's not such a nice place when it gets dark. We return to work there a couple more times on smaller jobs, but as the clients were living there full time by then, we didn't spend much time in the actual house itself, but on one occasion, we were in the kitchen in the evening having a cup of tea with the owner, when from the back room there was a huge crash, like a wardrobe being pushed over. The owner just put his finger up and whispered, Please just pretend you didn't hear that. We don't want the children to be scared. We do a lot of work on repossessed houses, no pun intended, and houses going through probate. So we visit a lot of empty properties, often where the owner has recently died. And I have never in over 10 years been creeped out by a place like I was at this house. So our final two ghost stories were actually found in the comment section of a post that asked, people who work in hotels, what's the scariest, unexplainable thing that you experienced while working there? And this is the first comment on that thread. I worked in a Hawthorne Inn for roughly a year as a houseman and working one night shift, it was roughly 2 a.m getting close to the end of my shift. I had music playing in my earbuds after sweeping the upstairs hall when I saw a middle-aged man in a blue hoodie with jeans at the end of the hallway. He walked towards the stairs and I thought nothing of it. I followed getting ready to leave and I asked my manager who was at the front desk if they saw them come down. They didn't, but as I was about to leave, we both heard the stairwell doors slammed, so I went to investigate, but nobody was there. I left at the end of my shift. Then roughly two days after that incident, I was taking the trash out to the dumpster when I noticed a white sedan at the outskirts of our parking lot that had been sitting there for weeks. I made my way over to check it out as we were thinking about getting it towed. As I approached the window that was cracked open, the smell that came out was 
horrible. I noticed the motionless body in the driver's seat that looked to be long dead due to the fact that he was fused with the car seat. Then I noticed his clothing, a blue hoodie and jeans. Another comment on this thread had the following story. I worked for the parking department at the Disneyland Hotel. That day I was working with a coworker I really liked that was about six foot five and 650 pounds. He jokingly pushed me and a large hand, which I assumed was his, grabbed my arm and kept me from falling in front of a car that was driving up, which would have definitely run me over. When I thanked him for grabbing me later, he told me he never grabbed me. A few months later, I transferred to our bell department. I was helping our bellman, who was around 65 at the time, take luggage up to the room since it was backing up on him. It was around 11.30 p.m. at this point. The bar and pool were closed. I heard children laughing in the pool area, and since I was taking bags up, I decided I'd tell them to go back to the rooms if they didn't have adults there. I came back down and still heard children's laughing, so I used my master key to let myself into the pool area. There were no kids, no adults, and the entire pool deck was empty. While no one legally dies on Disney property, They'll have you taken off property to be declared dead, according to corporate policy. I have no doubt that someone died in that pool. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon. <laughs>